Hello, everybody. Mary here. We are so excited to be back another week with you for the Better Events podcast. In today's episode, we are talking about the hardest thing about being a business owner. This is an important conversation, and it's really more than one thing. There are lots of things that make it really hard. So whether you are a business owner, a freelancer, a contractor, or just in your career, this is actually an applicable episode for all of you. So take a listen and let's get into it. Welcome to the Better Events Podcast. Join two event strategists, Logan Clements and Mary Davidson, who believe we can all create, host, and attend better events. In this podcast, you will learn about event strategy and actions that you can use today as an event host, planner, or manager. Hear directly from the people who are creating innovative and inspiring events today and tomorrow and grow your business along the way. Now, let's get started and thanks for listening to the Better Events Podcast. Welcome back, friends, to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. I'm Logan Clements, one of your co-hosts, and I'm joined by fellow co-host Mary Davidson. And before we dive into talking about the hardest thing, and I should say things, plural, about being a business owner, we're going to do our conversation starter. So on a, again, because we're going to be tackling some tough topics, I feel like we're going with a bold, positive start. Mary, who is your favorite person of influence for you right now? It is a hard question. Um, lately I have been introduced, I guess, to, um, Ryan Holiday, who's the author of the Daily Stoic. He studies stoicism and I didn't know what stoicism was till recently. (laughs) And so I started looking into it and I'm like, I don't know, I can get on board with it a little bit. And so I've been, I have been enjoying following him and just the positive vibes that he has been introducing me to. So that's one for me. But Logan, what about you? Who has been a person of influence for you right now? This is really tough, but I just feel like because it's more, I'm I'm working on the, the influence and inspiration side has been really tough for me in the past. I feel like coming out of a busy season, um, but I will go with a celebrity that I'm, I will probably one of the few athletes that I would fangirl over if running into in person. And that is Sue Bird. Of the Seattle Storm, we recently, in the last couple, last two months ago or last month, we retired her jersey officially with the Seattle Storm. She's a WNBA All Star, played for 20 years in the WNBA, and is just like an all around rock star. And I follow her on Instagram and enjoy seeing her posts. And now she's essentially a fashionista. Her and her fiance, Megan Rapino, are a very baller couple. The two of them are very fashionable and fun. So, um, she is someone that I feel like I'm constantly looking at what she's doing because now she's in the media sphere and I'm excited to see what else comes out of her retirement because she does not seem like she's slowing down at all. She's just kind of redirecting. Love it. Awesome. That's kind of a hard one and it probably changes quite a bit, but love to hear it. Um, so today, our topic today is about, you know, as Logan said, the hardest thing about being a, a business owner, a freelancer, a contractor, this episode is for you. Even if you're full-time employed for a company, this is still, these principles still apply. And so um, when we talk about it, as Logan said, it it is the hardest things, not just one thing. There's lots of hard things. And we're going to try to categorize them for you to break it down a little better. And then Logan and I will go back and forth sharing our hard things. Um, But because we're focusing on hard things today, we'd like to start off with an inspirational quote from the legend herself, Miss Kelly Clarkson. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And so if you need some motivation, go ahead and Google. I Googled literally quotes that help you get over hard things. 
And there are a lot out there. They all of the inspirational people of our lifetime or even before our lifetime. There's quotes out there from them. So go check it out <laughs> if you need some inspiration. Um, but the fact of the matter is that there are hard things. And so today I, we might be pre presenting some solutions, but really it's more of just going over hard things and acknowledging that um, you're not alone if you're experiencing these things as well. And so keep that in mind as we go through some of these. And we want to start off with a question for each of us, just trying to stay current. So Logan, I'm going to put you on the spot if you're ready for it. What is one of the current hardest things that you're dealing with in business or as a freelancer? Yeah, I think what's been top of mind, and we've talked about it a little bit in some other episodes, has been just figuring out how to balance my workload. I had a very busy spring. I have a very busy fall coming up and I was pretty protective of my time last month and this month here in July and just not taking on as much work. And I don't think I've cracked the code yet of exactly how much downtime I need to recharge um, because I am discovering it's actually harder for me to be, I'm really good at being busy <laughs> and I'm really not at being not busy. But I also know by taking time off, like true out of office time, as well as slowing down helps recharge my creative juices for projects like this with the podcast, my YouTube channel, just like in general, it gets me excited again about what I'm doing. And so that's currently the hardest thing for me to grapple with is I feel like I haven't found the perfect cadence of managing my energy and recharge time while also still taking on lots of events. And that's something that I feel like each year I'm iterating and trying a different format of what time I kind of protect. And I just don't think I'm there yet. So it's not and it's a hard thing because there's no roadmap. <laughs> it's different for everybody. Some people would hate my schedule. I love my schedule. And uh, so that's my hard thing right now. It's just kind of figuring out my workload balance. How about you, Mary? What is the current hardest thing for you? Uh, for me, it's just figuring out when and how to scale. I think that's what I'm going through. We had an episode a few episodes back with IC from the, the Sit Down UK, and he said a phrase that I've never heard before, but I just feel like it really captured that for me, which was the burden of ambition. So I really want to scale, scale the business, and I have lots of ideas for figuring out when and how. It's been a challenge for me. When does it make sense? So that's something I've been thinking a lot about lately. Yeah, and that's such a good – I mean – if you haven't listened to that episode, please go back and listen to it. It's episode 110 um, with Icy from the Sit Down UK. He's got a lot of good nuggets in there for you if you're looking for some inspiration. Uh, but I think, Mary, we'll dive into our, our first category of kind of how we broke up these hard things because I feel like we started out this episode thinking about it, being like, of course, we'll be able to talk about one hard thing for a long period of time. And then we realized there's a lot of hard things. And while we dive into them, I feel Mary did a caveat, but I'll do my own caveat as well of like, Hopefully, we don't deter anyone from starting a business. Again, we talk a lot about the positives of working for yourself, and you see a lot of that on social media. And so a lot of what this episode is not to like I talk bad about working for yourself and being a business owner, but it's more just to shine a light on some of the you know challenges that you're going to face and kind of help put them in perspective and let you know that you're not alone. But also know this comes from a grain of salt of Mary and my um, experiences as well as like our privilege of where we are in the world and some of that safety net we had for starting our own business that if you're having other challenges that we're not listing here, like those are also valid. Um, I feel like my big thing is I always describe being a business owner is a roller coaster. And so everyone's roller coaster might look a little different, but 
We're going to kind of hopefully break down some of these for you. If you're thinking about it, you can not make the mistakes we had, <laughs> or it'll maybe just get you thinking about ways that you can be more efficient and more mission-driven in your own business. Um, but our first one, it's a you problem. Mary, what would be a hard thing as a business owner that you feel is a, is a you problem? Yeah, this is like like spitting hard truths because <laughs> I have I will say out of all of our categories, I have the most under this one because I just kept thinking like for me and what I struggle with, a lot of it is a me problem, like and it, and it affects how I do business. And I am trying to realize that. And so for me, there's a lot under this category, but it goes right along with, you know, your career. And so I'll start off, you know, simple for my first one, but it's basically just that like you and, and me are in control of your own success or failure. And so, of course, there are like outside things that happen and things that influence that. But it's really up to you, like on how you move forward or backward, depending on what happens. And to me, that's a lot of pressure. And so that pressure is intense for me. And so once again, it's, it's a me problem, but it really affects how I do business. And so that one's kind of more broad. I think it sets up others that I have, but I'll start with that. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. I feel like again the double-edged sword because you're in control but you're not and there's also a lot of things like having a global pandemic not in our control. <laughs> um for me one of my me things it's a me problem I would say is um is just really embracing that mental jungle gym. I love my analogies. Uh jungle gym or anxiety around new roles uh or new audacious projects that come across um, my way. And this is something that I found just reflecting on some of my projects that I felt like had either a really good financial payoff or they were um, just, I learned a lot, often were the ones that I was the most anxious or stressed going into. And often it was for more something more like imposter syndrome, not so much that I couldn't do it, but it was a new role I'd never taken on. Or maybe I finally upsold someone on my higher rate and I felt now I owe them extra because I'm they're paying so much. And I, I had tried to reframe it as I worked through it a couple of years ago. It's just like a mental jungle gym is what I called it of why you want to continue to challenge yourself. And I, I have a love-hate relationship with it because while it's fun to do the things that you're good at and comfortable with, I did find I often learned and grew the most from the things that were uncomfortable, even though I didn't enjoy the process all the time. Um, and so I, I don't know. that For me, I feel like it's a me thing, Mary, but I also feel like it's a larger principle that I feel like a lot of people, and it's probably why I like working for myself is because I can constantly change the jungle gym and I have that variety, but the anxiety around it at times is real. Yeah, absolutely. And um, another one for me under this category is just that like it's a time management problem for me. I have a struggle with time management. <laughs> for sure. And so like to be able to wake up every day and figure out what I'm doing with my time is a blessing, but it's also a curse. Like, and so I've tried all the things, you know, I've tried like the, the timers, the pom Pomodoro method, like ABC to-do lists, planners, and I'm just continually learning how to like try to trick my brain into being productive. Maybe I'm ADHD. I don't know. Seriously. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I just always have to like find new ways to, to be productive. And so yeah, just utilizing the time that we have wisely is a huge challenge for me. I think that could probably be for, for anyone, no matter if they have their own business or not. But I feel, once again, the extra pressure to, like, be on top of the time that I have. So, yeah. Mm. We must have mind link because my next one for me problem was to do high power brain stuff in the morning. 
And this was something, it was a hard thing. Like you said, it's a blessing and a curse to be in control of your own schedule. And I didn't realize, I feel like as much, how much, how much the structure of going into an office, being held accountable by all your coworkers would be really helpful. And so this is something I, I definitely resonate, like echo what you say, Mary, that it is hard to figure out like what works for you. Cause I will also say what I'm saying might not work for everybody. I've just learned with myself that I need, if I have a bigger, more like thought intensive task, I'm thinking strategy or new ideas or something. If I do it in the morning, it's great. Cause I feel like my brain starts to turn to mush after 2 PM. And so I've, I've tried to wait my schedule if I can, um, to, to just help set myself up for success. Um, I've also played around with like when I exercise and when I lived in Shanghai a couple of years ago, I got really in a good groove of exercising at lunch, going to a lunch workout class, because I realized when I woke up, I was thinking about work. And so going to a gym is really hard in the morning. If I'm thinking about work, I just wanted to dive into work. Now I'd say my routine, I've actually learned if I can get my workout in, in the morning and just get it off and have those positive, happy endorphins going, that also helps me focus more, um, for when I tackle things. So it's again, embracing the the different, different types, but I try, if I can avoid calls in the morning, I think, you know, sometimes it's helpful, but that is, I've learned my, like for me, prime brain time. Awesome. Yeah. That was a good one. Another one, I guess for me would be dealing with things when they go wrong is hard. And so, because like, once again, I just feel like it's kind of up to you on how you deal with it. So there's, there's this really great explanation that I like of something called a level five manager. This is an idea from Jim Collins, I think, if you're into him. Um, There's a book called Good to Great that he wrote, and he talks about how a great manager looks out the window when something goes right, and he looks, he or she, or they look in the mirror when something goes wrong. And I just really like that because, like, to me, it means, like, that the manager or the leader or the person in charge reflects, like, takes the things that they need to learn back on themselves and how they can improve as a leader. And they don't necessarily take credit for all the things when they go right, because the reality is a lot of people make that happen. And so I like that mindset because I think it takes out the the pompousness of being a leader. And, but that's also hard. Like that's kind of my point is it's hard to get over yourself. And so when things go wrong and you have to reflect back on like what you could have done better to lead the situation, That takes a lot of like, you know, just like swallowing your pride (laughs) and that can be really challenging sometimes. And often when you're figuring it out as a business owner, you're going to do some stuff wrong. (laughs) Yep. Um, My, my third and final one in this category of it's you problem uh, was the hard, one of the hardest things as a business owner for me was to just start new ideas. And this could be, it felt a little hard to, actually, I feel like I jumped into starting and running my own business because I didn't have the intention of working for myself for a long time. It was like the solution to me being burnout and wanting a change. But I think examples are like this podcast. I credit Mary for why we started it because I needed somebody else to kind of kick me in the butt and be like, let's just start it. Same thing with my YouTube channel. I'd had it for years in my head that like I knew people who worked with me liked me. And a lot of times it's because they got my personality, my style. And, you know, the best way to do that is video. And I was just scared to start. Like it just felt too monumental to start something, especially if you're bad at it when you first start. And so it, like it's a you problem, I'd say, but it's also like for everybody. I'm sure there's lots of people out there have creative ideas where we get it about people come and talk to us like, oh, I, you know, I've always thought about having a podcast. Just start, like just do it because the only way you're going to get better at it is by doing 
as Mary and I have learned 113 episodes <laughs> into this podcast journey um, to, to just start because you, you're never going to make those mistakes, as Mary said, or have those successes until you do it and just do it. Absolutely. And you give me a lot of credit, but I'm glad that we do it together. I think that's also part of it is the team. Yeah. Teamwork makes the dream work. Um, and my last one for this category is that it's hard to figure out how you want to show up to people as a professional. So like uh, we talked to somebody who had been on the podcast in the past and they were saying like they can just show up in a hoodie and a red lip and they feel confident enough to just rock it. And I, that's not me. <laughs> I wish that it was, but it's like, I have to, I, I have to try. I've got to do more to get myself in a space where I feel confident enough to just own it. Um, but that can be hard sometimes is to figure out how you want to represent yourself, your business or your career, whatever it is, and show up to people and then like be confident enough in that to then work, work within that. Sometimes I feel like I have to prove myself to people. I think a lot of it has to do with, um, like like my age or how I view people view my age and things like that. And so anyway, as an emerging professional, this has been a challenge for me. And so maybe some of you can relate to that as well. Oh, definitely, Mary. I feel like we can move on to our ca second category of hard things. And do you want to explain a little bit more about the business of business? Yeah. If you know the phrase that's like, it's just business. Well, it's like the actual business of the business. Like, what is it like? And so we'll go back and forth on this one um, and just share some of the hard things that we go through that are more business, like business related, specifically about running a business, kind of more, more tangible there. So um, yeah, I'll kick us off with this one. One of the things for me, and I talked about this as one of the current things I'm struggling with, but is figuring out the trajectory for the business. And so maybe you're, you're good with where you're at in business, or maybe you really do need to like hustle for a while so that you can get where you want to go. Um, but what I have found is that it's just really hard to go all in sometimes. And so there was someone, there's someone who's saying that like, if you want to be the best at something, what are you willing to sacrifice to get there? Because to be the best at something is like a really, really hard thing to achieve. Um, but I think a lot of us go in when they start a business thinking that we're going to be like the best at fundraising events. And the reality is, is that we're just not. <laughs> we're good at it and we can build, you know, a successful career out of it. But that doesn't mean we're the best. And I was thinking like, um, uh, Logan, you're going to like this, this analogy. I'm not a sports person, but I was thinking like we can't all be Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Like there's a lot of awesome basketball players but we need to set the right expectations with ourselves. So I guess to summarize it, it's just figuring out what the future looks like for your business and acknowledging that you might not be the best at it, but that doesn't mean that you can't be successful. I love that. That's a good way to frame it. Um, I feel like for my first one on the business side was a hard lesson I feel like I had to learn was about sticking to your values I feel like a lot of companies have value statements and things like that. And I'm like, I'm one person. Like, not that I don't have values, but like, that doesn't seem very helpful when I'm one person. Um, but really, it's been something that's kind of been revealed to me, my values. And I actually look back, I have some notes from like 2018, five years ago, where I wrote out my company values and felt silly doing it. And But looking at them, like a big one is transparency. And I'm like, wow, I knew that in 2018. I know that again now because... For me, it's my values kind of revealed themselves during stressful projects or clients or events, just something where it like didn't feel right. And I couldn't put my finger on what it was. And then, 
you know, through the help of talking to people and just really trying to reflect, it's like, oh, it's because our values weren't aligned. We have different values. Not saying that, you know, they're wrong and I'm right. It's just we're not in alignment. And so that probably means, you know, next time I either need to do X, Y, Z to take care of that part of me, or maybe I don't work with them again because they're just not not my ideal fit. So um, it's, it was a hard part for me, I feel like, to learn, define them, and then stick to them for what my values are. I, I love that. My next one has to go right along with that. I just wrote like, finding the right client means that you're going to have to work with some not right clients and that might suck. <laughs> and it does. <laughs> it does suck sometimes. But yeah, I agree exactly with what you said. You and I have a podcast together. Or do we have a podcast together? Because my next one kind of rolls into that one. <laughs> oh, woo. love this. Um, my business, it's again, it's the idea of the business of business is you will have client breakups. Don't take them personally. And just like romantic breakups or friend breakups, there's a lot of different scenarios. There, the, There's the client saying, hey, it's not you, it's me. There's you as the business owner going, hey, it's not you, it's me, client. And then there's the rare time where maybe both of you go, hey, this isn't working. We'll move along. And I think for me, when it was just really hard at my first or second time that happened, I took it very personally. It's like, they are breaking up with me. These people don't ever want to see me again or talk to me again and not understanding how much of a business decision it was. And so something like, I feel like I've learned out of that is I do try to make pretty good notes about the like when, why, and how that situation arose just to help future me. Um, again, some of it was maybe those values are out of alignment, could literally have been budget. It has also been more recently, I've just realized like I've changed as a person. And so the kind of roles I want have changed. And so I've had to distance myself from certain projects just to be like, that's not what excites me. That excited me five years ago, but now it's not. Um, and that's okay. And to just know, don't take it personally yourself so that you don't make sure your clients don't take it personally, but still be respectful in the whole process. But um, maybe that was a you problem one, Mary. I don't know, but I feel like client breakups are busy. Bleed together. Business. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my last one for this category is just being able to be all the things and wear all the hats as a business owner is a hard thing, especially when you're learning about things that you just don't really care about, but maybe you need to know. And I think this doesn't always have to be this way. At some point, I think you can justify when it makes sense to bring people in who do know more about that thing. So you don't need to know all the things, but to start off, you kind of need to know all the things or else you might be missing something. And for me, as somebody who like doesn't like math, we've talked about this before on the podcast. I just am so unattached from that part of being a business owner, which is not good because it's really important. But my point is like, sometimes that's hard. You're going to spend your time on stuff that you maybe would prefer not to. Yeah, you do have to wear many hats as a business owner, even a freelancer or, you know, even in your job. And yeah, it's good to figure out kind of which ones you like. I have a I have a couple, but I can go through them quick for this category of the business of business. But um, just making sure you're consistent in your messaging every day. And that is something I feel like I learned. It was a hard part when I started my business. I really wanted to pretend that I was a bigger company than I was. There was a lot of we language and our team and all of these things. And I really felt like I needed to kind of position myself as like, oh, it's not just me. I'm essentially a little agency here. And that is something that's evolved over the years where I found actually my strength is in me, just me by myself. And 
being very transparent about the fact that I can flex and do bigger projects with a larger team. And that's using trusted contractors that I've worked with a bunch, but I don't have to pretend that I have 15 employees. I can still say I'm me. And then you hire me and trust me to then bring on my people that I have worked with before. So that's something like, again, it can evolve as a business owner, but I felt like I kind of had to posture in a way to be a bigger business than I was to like get credibility. And I realized that was also sometimes hard to feel like then I wasn't in my values of being transparent. Um, But that kind of dovetails into my next of like hard things of just making sure you surround yourself with like good partners in business and personally folks who have your back, similar values. We've talked about in the podcast before, similar even strengths and that is really helpful because you never know what you need. And that's something that like making sure you just have good people around you. Cause I feel like if you can get kind of go off your path, um, if led by the wrong folks, um, but know that, you know, take it all with a grain of salt. Um, and then my last two are quick because they're things I had to learn the hard way. And I just want listeners, you don't have to do it yourself, but if technology is involved, please test, test and test some more. <laughs> Um, especially like if you're trying to record something in zoom, please test it, test it, make sure you're capturing it the way you want to capture it. Um, and my final one is don't travel on the same day as an event you're working later that day. Mary's laughing at me silently, but I'm telling you, this was Superwoman Logan was like, of course I can make it all work. And of course that is the one day that travel plans don't work out the way they've been working like clockwork for months and I will never do it again. Logan, those are good ones, and I'm sorry I'm laughing at you. <laughs> you're laughing, laughing at my pain, of your in pain. A supportive way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> your your past pain, I am laughing at in a supportive way. You're right. <laughs> those are awesome. So then this brings us to our last category, which is money, 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 all about the good stuff. So um for hard lessons learned about money, I think that there is a lot, a lot of these bleed into the other categories too, I think that we've talked about. My first one is is just figuring out where to st- spend your hard earned money, like in the, in the business or in the, whatever, whatever helps advance your career. Um, I believe that for at least what, what I'm doing and what we're doing to a certain extent, you don't need all the apps and all the things and all the stuff like necessarily. So find what works for you. A lot of people are going to recommend what they like. We recommend what we like all the time. That doesn't mean that it's going to work for you. So just really be intentional on how you're spending your hard earned money. I just have the ABBA song in my head of money, money, money. It's a great song. Must be money. <laughs> yeah, that's a great one, Mary. Because again, I feel like when you say you're an entrepreneur or business owner, you're going to get so many ads, so many things telling you that you need 50 different tools to do it. But honestly, I mean, I feel like all you need is a business license and a bank account. And you can get started. Um, but my, my thing I had to learn the hard way was uh, one of my hard things on the money side was practice talking about your rates and your pricing. Because as a business owner, and again, this can be everything from what we do of like more consulting hourly fees or day rates to like, if you sell a physical item, like people are going to ask you how much. And I just remember I would get so red. I'd start getting clammy hands. I don't, not saying that still doesn't happen, but I have practiced saying my rates without a smirk on my face or laughing at myself, like with confidence to the point where I, I feel like I started out with like journaling it, writing it down. I am a, you know, I can't remember. I think I've written like a couple years ago, like I am a $75 an hour planner. And I just wrote it each day. I was doing a little like gratitude practice. And that was something I ended with just practice writing it. 
Then I practiced saying it out loud and making sure I didn't start laughing at myself. Because if I'm laughing at myself, no one's going to pay me that. But part of me is like, that's a lot of money, you know? But the more, and then I've started practicing with friends. I still do this to this day when I have any kind of proposal or counter offer or something with money that I need to like hype myself up with, I will practice it. And I will say, here's how I'm going to phrase. Cause I just feel like I need to make sure I'm really honing in on the value I'm providing or I even practiced for a scenario I had to do with a client where something we could do option one and that would cost a lot of money or we do option two and it would cost a little bit of money. And I wanted them to pick two. And I was like, let me figure out how to frame this. So she understands this is the most efficient way to do this. And she doesn't go for this other option. Um, so yeah, practice. It sounds silly. I promise you it works. I think that's awesome. And I didn't even put anything down about rates. So I'm really glad that you brought that up. Really important. Um, my next one is one that you'll love, Logan, which is the whole idea of profit first, which is just figuring out when and how to pay yourself. Sounds simple enough. It is not. It's hard, <laughs> but important. Logan's shaking her head. Totally. Yes, 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 yes. I had very blurred finances I now hate from like my first years in business because I just very casually paid myself. Versus now with the profit first method, I pay myself twice twice a month. I can adjust it and do it more often if I really need to, but I honestly don't. I got in a cadence and that's that's what works. Um, my next one on the money, money, money side kind of dovetails with yours a little bit, Mary. But um, if you're managing a team for an event, even uh, it could be, again, as like for us, for my thing where I have lots of contractors who I work events for, sometimes they all get billed through me. Sometimes they get billed directly to the client. But I feel like a hard lesson I had to learn was that like managing people takes time. And in what I do, like time is often money. And so I need to factor that time into my quotes, even if I'm not directly billing for those folks. Like it, it, I had a couple years, I feel like, where I just looked back and was like, why didn't I, I don't feel like I earned as much as I could on that event. It's like, oh, because I spent so much time helping chase people for invoices or calls, briefing people, and just realizing that like managing people takes time. And Mary, you probably feel this with having an actual employee, you know, that it is something as a business owner, I don't think you think about until you experience it for yourself and then realize how much time it takes. Oh yeah, for sure. That's a great one. Yeah. Your time is valuable for sure. And it does take time, but you know, those, those types of things can pay off as well. So <laughs> yep. It's a great one. I actually don't have any more money ones. So Logan hit us with some others. I have my last one, just one. Um, we talk about this on the podcast a lot, but just a hard lesson I feel like was that unpaid or low paid work can lead to higher paying gigs, but not always. <laughs> so this was one that usually we'll say to get started in events, you need the you need the gig to get the experience, you need the experience to get the gig. So volunteer or say yes to a lower rate just to get the experience in there. And while that sometimes leads to bigger projects, it also sometimes just leads to people taking advantage of your time and that you're willing to do it for free and they are never going to raise their rates. They're never going to pay more and you're not going to know that till you do it. And so this hard lesson is not to deter you from doing it, but more just again to kind of flag. I feel like a lot of people use that carrot of saying, oh, this will lead to something bigger if you volunteer with me for this event, or if it'll lead to something like hold these people accountable at times. I, again, I'm a big notes people, but like I track, I track how I spend my time and like, it's either you're spending maybe if you are missing out on other opportunities or it's your time, it's up to you of what you value more. But like, I actually track that and figure out like, 
when does it lead to bigger things? That's great. But if it doesn't know when it served you and you can move on. Um, because I feel like I've had personal experience where some events that I volunteered for have turned into a paid role. And then I have other events that I've worked that have gotten me at a very low rate because it's just a cool opportunity and they will never raise their rates. They are totally okay. If I left, they would just get the next person who's willing to do it for that low rate. And that's hard to deal with as a business owner. Cause you'd like to think, Oh, we all want to evolve and grow together, but that's just, it's not always the case. Um, you're not alone if you've had people break promises to you, essentially being like, well, if you do it for free next year, we'll hire you. And then they don't, that, that happens. Mary, you're just, Mary's nodding along with me. Like, I think it's just know what is a deal breaker for you financially, because you are, you can't run your business without money, whether that's your own paying yourself, paying the people you work with, or just money in the business, the taxes you got to pay, like, and that has evolved. I still do some work for a much lower rate than I do. Cause I want the experience. But is it something in my head that I go, I'm just going to do it for a year or I'm just going to do it this, this, you know, next couple of weeks. Um, I've also stepped down from some volunteer projects that I couldn't give the time it needed to. And while it could have been a status symbol to say I was a volunteer for this organization, I realized it was actually just causing me more stress and just, and detracting from some of my other stuff. So knowing when to say yes and when to say no to unpaid or low, lower paying work. And there's no answer for it, but just know that's a normal stress of being a business owner. Absolutely. Seriously. Great tidbit. So way, way to end on a important note for sure. And so before we end and get to our bonus tip, we actually do want to ask you who are listening, listeners, whether you're a business owner, you're a freelancer, you're a contractor, and you're listening to this, what is the hardest thing for you that you're going through in your career right now? Please let us know. So if you're listening on Spotify, you can answer the Q&A question. It's pretty obvious. I think you just have to scroll down a little bit and it'll show up. Um, if you're listening elsewhere, send us an email at bettereventspod at gmail.com and tell us some of the stuff that you're struggling with. Um, and just remember that you're not alone, but also when you share this with us, it helps us figure out how we can curate content in the future and help you hopefully with some of these things. And so let us know. We'll work through it all together. Um, and then that leave, leads us to the end of our episode. And Logan has our bonus tip for today. Yes. My bonus tip is about event timing. And don't forget to actually note the actual runtime of your event. So like what time did you actually open registration or open doors or start dinner? Um, how long did each of those segments take if you want to get that granular? Um, and then make sure you transcribe those notes wherever you took them on your physical piece of paper, on your phone, actually like put them in a central location. So like for me, it's my run of shows and I will actually put that on the digital version of my run a show, because when that event comes around next year, I'm not going to usually find that piece of paper again or remember the note on my phone, but I will look back at that document and that'll just help you learn and adjust your timing as needed year after year, or if you have a similarly structured event. Awesome. Great bonus tip. Thank you so much for that. And thank you everyone for listening to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. We will be back with you again next Wednesday. But if you want to keep in touch with us in the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter and LinkedIn at Better Events Pod. You can email us at bettereventspod at gmail.com. You can visit our website at bettereventspod.com. And you can also connect with Logan and I directly on LinkedIn. We love that when you reach out and say that you've been listening. It's just really great to make those more personal connections. So thank you so much for that. And we will be back with you again next week. 